This is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. Oh, <laughs> you guys are getting my wheelhouse already. Is this for Jalen Brown? There we go. I so can exciting. Hear now. This is going to be a good one, y'all. Hey, there we go. We got the well. You know what I got? I got the Gennady Golovkin, dude. The Goosey's galore, oh, man. Oh, man. Listen, I am excited. We landed our well, ladies and gentlemen. We did over here on the Random Scrub Heat podcast with Pir- uh, Pat Riley Cannot, and we got our well. Uh, I do want to say first, welcome back to the Random Scrub Heat podcast. I am not your host, LJ. He's been having technical difficulties. But I am your host, Anthony DiNardo, and I'm joined here today with uh, Harrison De La Hot Take and the Dingle Dollar Millionaire, George. And also, we got uh, a rounding out this four scoops of adorable panel. We got our special guest. Let me go ahead and pull up these graphics here. We got the Peacock Pirate. We also got (laughs) the Pope of Petty. We got, I don't know if these graphics are showing up for y'all because my computer is lagging. Y'all see them? I see them. The Pope of Petty. We also got the founder of the Boxton Law Firm. That's a throwback. We also got the Silly Sauce Sprinkler. And really, it's a man of infinite nicknames. If you ask him, he will tell you, uh, I have a name for that. But it is our Tobin of the program, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan, how are you doing today, bro? I'm excellent, boys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be on with you guys. Yes, sir. We appreciate you. Uh, as you can tell by the intro and all the graphics and stuff, uh, we've been listening a long time, certainly for me. Uh, so I want to start off by thanking you. First of all, I know this might sound weird, uh, but I'm pretty sure you can understand, so just bear with me. But you have been a huge part of my life for almost the last decade. Uh, <clears throat> basically, how I found out about you and in your shows is, uh, back in high school, I think I was like 13, 14 at the time, uh, I wanted to play for the basketball team in school, and I was big, so I started a journey. Actually, uh, I lost over 100 pounds, so I had a pretty big weight loss journey, and during that time, I was working out every day, playing ball, and I needed something to listen to, so I remember I just Googled Miami Sports Podcast, and I found Hawkman and Zaslow, and then, of course, I went to Zaslow and Joy, and then Amber, and then eventually you with Leroy. And I've been there through hashtag third hour and the switch to mornings and, and all that. Uh, and we've had uh, interactions over the years. I found this old tweet back from 2014. I went ahead and made the Birdzilla movie poster. Excellent. I remember that's one of the one of the things that you had done back in the day. Also, this one's from 2015, the Dawn of Justice movie. That was poster. a good one. That was a, that yeah. was a, excellent, excellent. Appreciate it. So, uh, basically, just to say that that uh, even though we have never spoken before. Uh, you've had a big part of my life. So I just want to thank you for being uh, a positive part in my life and also really just all of South Florida and beyond. Uh, I because you've been very entertaining to listen to every day. Uh, and also, too, I don't know if you remember this, but I did come up with the song Even Joe for Joe Philbin. And you started calling him Even Joe after that, too. I don't know if I gave you that nickname or not. You uh, probably did. And I probably, I probably, but man, the Joe Philbin uh, fi- uh, par- parodies were flowing because, man, he was a boob. Yeah, that was way, way back in the day, man. So we're excited to talk to you. Uh, I don't know how much questions these guys have planned that are basketball related because uh, this Heat team has been the same boring team all year. 
but I've talked a lot, so I want to go ahead and give these guys a turn to ask a few questions. So we're gonna go ahead and start with you, Harry. All right, Brendan. We'll we'll do we'll do a little heat, and then um, I, I had some other questions that are probably gonna be more interesting. But um, I did a pod a couple weeks ago with uh, Israel Gutierrez. He was very like he's a very positive guy. He was very positive about this Heat team, even while they've been struggling all year. And I think he got in my head because after that Knicks game, I was like, okay, great. Like they figured it out. They're, they're going to get at least the sixth seed, or maybe they'll be able to get the fifth seed because the Knicks don't look, they look a little shaky. And then they come out and just had that absolute stinker on Saturday against the Nets. Um, one of the worst turnarounds in a game I can remember at least this season for a very long time, uh, a game that they kind of had to have. And I, mm-hmm. I thought everyone kind of knew that they had to have it, at least on the heat. Um, so what are your thoughts on the season? I know here at the basement, for example, we were very, very nervous about the team running it back. It's never worked for Miami. Um, I was at the heat season ticket holder event earlier in the year where Riley went on this long rant about life and his wife, and he didn't want to talk about the team at all. So I think he's kind of done with it. And I'm just kind of thinking like, what are your thoughts on this season? And if it doesn't go as well as, you know, I don't really think they're going to approach the successes of last season. Where does the team go from here? And kind of what were your thoughts with them running them back and how it's resulted, uh, you know, in the games this season? Um, I was with you in in them running it back. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I really thought they were going to get Donovan Mitchell. I thought that was going to be their big swing in the offseason. I don't know as to why it didn't, whether it was a case of, you know, they didn't feel comfortable trading Tyler Hero or thought it was, you know, going to be a wash or whatever. But I really did think that after last year, um, you did need to get that more proven, more steady commodity to score next to Jimmy. And uh, I was, you know, I, I believe in Bam Adebayo as a cornerstone for this team. I just feel like a guy who can guard that well and, you know, did give them good performances in the playoffs, uh, you know, somewhat uneven, but he's young. And I just felt like he's, he's shown enough in postseason series where I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not questioning his ability to contribute to a championship. Um, I just really needed to know who that third piece was going to be, you know, who is that guy going to be? And I kind of gave some grace. You have to get to talk to Tyler at, at media day. He was very open about not only his injury, but that he just was mentally, shook by some stuff some stuff was getting to him and i don't know if that was a matter of he was a little overwhelmed that he was having another kid or what but you know he's still a very young man he was 22 23 so i was you know a little bit more optimistic all right let's see what tyler's gonna do this year let's see how he is and i think that that to me is almost still the biggest wild card to be determined of what this postseason what this season is going to be because i feel like going into this postseason i feel like jimmy butler is going to be awesome feel like Bam Adebayo is going to be pretty solid, but what are they going to get from Boy Wonder, and how is that going to lift them in certain series? Is is he going to be able to rise to that occasion? So that, to me, is still to be determined, but as far as the season's been, you know, I saw a quote today from, uh, from Bam. I guess he said it at Family Fest, but he said something to the effect of he feels like the season has flown by, which I found hilarious because I feel like this has been one of the longest regular season's of my life because it's just been just a recurring act of close games. Some they win, some they don't. Um, and it's, it's just been like all of these games has just felt so gut wrenching. I do feel like 
for the fan base, the reason we've taken it so hard is just like you could basically dissect every game and be like, well, this is the reason they lost. That's why it was the shooting. It was a clutch moment here. It was a bad performance there because the margin for error just felt so slim. And I do feel like that's, uh, I do feel like that's echoed and, 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 you know, brought the frustration to a higher level, even though you kind of sit back, if you were to look at a big picture, be like, eh, five over is not that bad. They probably should be better. Uh, but I can clearly see that they, I think everybody can clearly see they have not taken the regular season with the urgency that they did last year, um, which is a little bit weird because they have been healthier than they were last year because last year they had dealt with a lot of different issues and injuries and they just were able to power through it. And this year they just haven't been able to. Uh, Brendan, from a fan perspective, do you think like, you know, I don't know if you see how much you see on Twitter. Or you're just like ignoring it because you, you or you want to have it because you have the show and you want to talk about stuff. But like, is it is it a lot to ask as a fan? For example, I've been a Heat fan. They, they started the same year I was born, so I feel like we're connected with one another. The Heat and I, like we started in the same the same season, same year. Um, I think fans just want the team to one improve year to year, right? Try to get better. That's they want to contend, so you want to get better every year. Um, and you want to see them in this case, you wanted to see them pick a direction. If they want to go all in with Jimmy, they can do that. You had mentioned, you thought Donovan Mitchell was happening. That would obviously would have been an all in move. So I think this like in between thing is the most frustrating for fans. They've, they had the bubble run, which was incredible. And they, you know, a lot of fans believe that if, uh, Bam and Goron hadn't gotten hurt, they probably would, they probably would have beaten the Lakers. That was a very, very good heat team that caught fire, uh, in the bubble. And then you had last year, which was a really, really incredible run. And it just seemed like Jimmy was unbelievable. And the other guys around him just kind of either didn't give enough or were kind of everyone was a little nicked up by the end of the season. And so I think they were just looking for like, what's that one piece with, that they need? And all they ended up doing was losing PJ, understandably, and really not replacing him. And so, um, you know, do you, what would you? What are your thoughts about the fans and their reaction? Because you, you just mentioned it's been a super. It, to you, it's felt like a super long season. To Bam, it's flown by, but to fans, it's it's just felt like, um, I don't know. It feels like a lot of swings and misses, and they're just uh, everyone's kind of nervous about what yeah. comes next. I think the thing that fr- I remember feeling this way because I I I have seen a lot of the reaction on Twitter. I get it. I don't get on any fans who want to be really pissed. You're allowed to be, be however you want to be. Um, I didn't, I I felt like I was handling the ups and downs. Okay. To a certain point. Um, but there were definitely some losses that really just were kicks in the junk early on in the year, like losing to the Pistons and the Spurs were really bad, but I remember the most angry I was easily. And I even like, I, I don't, tweet as much as i used to my opinions on this stuff because you know i do have to see these people and i do have uh it's definitely different than the big three era where i was just due to push buttons for hawkman um but i definitely let some stuff fly after that because yeah i i i losing that game to the magic in overtime where jimmy just was so heroic and you know has just was on this incredible efficient run and it just felt like wow They have done nothing for this dude. And you can understand, okay, I could see their arguments for it where it's like, well, you know, we didn't really have Kyle in the playoffs last year. That was our big swing. And it's like, 
okay, that is Jimmy's guy. I'll, I'll hear you out on it, but he's 37, and it, usually leg injuries are going to sneak up on guys that age, that size. And so I just think the idea that they didn't see this coming after they did just make that same mistake after 2020 that definitely is is worthy of frustration from the fan base i don't think there there's any uh there's there's any debate about that um the thing that's tough is we don't know we don't know if this is an issue now they're all issues you could draw back to front office moves but we don't know what those issues are the issues that they don't have they didn't have the first round picks to get donovan mitchell do they not want to part with tyler hero because they thought samesies did they not uh you know were, were there other moves that could have been made and they didn't want to because they didn't want to part with assets to bring in what they thought was lateral stuff i don't know but what i think was pretty clear midway that is like yeah it's a pretty flawed roster and to just bring just come back with the hope jimmy's gonna be awesome bam's gonna improve tyler's gonna improve and then nothing really else uh, with all the role guys hoping they're going to improve when really we just saw that, well, with Duncan Robinson, maybe these undrafted guys will regress. Maybe they, they won't be the same. And that's kind of, uh, I think, probably been the biggest day-to-day -day issue is that a lot of these role guys that they had relied upon um, haven't necessarily been up to snuff. Um, the only thing I could really leave to those guys is like, you know, they have, haven't really had that consistent role up until probably these last couple of weeks. But yeah, man, I get your frustration for sure. Yeah, you uh, you hit it on the head for me. The part that's frustrating is that they tried to run it back once and it didn't go so well. Uh, Harry, I do like how you brought up if Bam and Goran didn't get hurt in 2020 because we all know about that asterisk. And I believe, Tobin, it was your question that got Pat Riley to bring up that yeah. that thing had an asterisk. Well, I remember asking it, which it's always cool talking to Pat Riley. That's like definitely one of the most, uh, you know, that one was on, uh, that was still on zoom back when we were doing those things. And like, he almost cut me off immediately. The funny thing about that is he literally cut off my question to say, you can't do that. You can't do that. Make excuses, you know, basically and go into this whole, he went to this whole thing about like wilt and all this stuff, but it was just that one word. That like he had to put like a, a, a statement clarifying oh, the asterisk is on our side. We know what he meant though. I I, I see you, Pat. That's all. Hey, that's that's why we listen, Tobin. Whether it's the asterisk or whether it's uh Logan or uh, Jake Paul saying I got your hat, you always started something, man. But but we like. I don't it. feel Before, like I am. <laughs> hey, the, the proof is in the pudding. It's we like it though, George. You got what do you got for Tobin? No, I think you described it per perfectly on your YouTube channel, on your last show, where you call this team a Jekyll and Hyde team. You say, not just from game to game, but from quarter to quarter. And um, you also talked about seven on UD, on UD night, Ugh. on UD night for shame. And you said yeah. that about seven times. I was watching, I'm like, he, he really, he's really honing in on the UD night. And I'm, I'm thinking, I thought about it more and more and more. And what a disrespect. Honestly, because you've got four, they said this whole four days of UD. I didn't even see that coming, by the way. I thought that was going to come way earlier in the season as well. But to have that in that second half performance just, just epitomizes really what this team is about. And it's it, it's putting up the tough effort, but then letting go, letting go of the reins. And I think it really ties into the whole bigger picture thing as well. Um, that Orlando Magic game that you, you just brought up before sparked a video. Uh, was uh, 
it was called, I think, if my memory serves me right, does this has this has this organization done enough for Jimmy Butler? And that's the big question. And my question to you is, do you think they've placed too much pressure and too much responsibility on the shoulders of Bam and Tyler Hero and their developments respectively? Um to then cover up for those uh those postseason lulls and those quiet periods of not making trades or signing, you know, players. Do you think they've put too much responsibility on their shoulders and not uh tried to cover their, you know, cover them with with better talent and better role players and so on and so forth? Yeah, it's a good question, man. Uh, because you're looking at these two young guys and you're asking a lot of them because you're you know, Jimmy kind of just gets to be in this role where he is the star and we know that he, that once the playoffs roll around, he's going to take a lot more shots and you know, that it ultimately is going to fall on on him. But to the question of are Bam and Tyler going to take the leap enough, it's, it's such an interesting question because it does feel like for Bam, we're almost in this spot again, where he is now back to being almost the rover of doing a little bit of everything, but not really quite in the comfort zone that he was earlier in the season. And we thought maybe, Oh, having Kevin love next to him was going to be the perfect fit where maybe it actually is a little bit more awkward. Um, And then with Tyler, the Tyler, the question really is just like, you know, can he handle, you know, teams game planning for him, trying to take him out, be a little bit more physical with him, trap him, he didn't handle that stuff well last year. Uh, he admitted that. Like he didn't. He didn't. Now it's it's a tip of the cap to him in, in some ways because people know how dangerous he is. We've seen what this kid can be at the end of games. He has giant balls. He is a sniper. Uh, he does live for those moments. So I don't think he's a choker. I don't. I don't think it's a, a case of this kid. The moment's going to get too big for him. But it's a matter of you know teams can scheme for you. Teams can game plan for you. How do you adjust to that? And one of the things that is a little bit more answer with Donovan Mitchell as opposed to Tyler is we've seen Donovan Mitchell in playoff series be the guy take over go head to head uh in certain years you know he did have some failures last year for sure but how is Tyler going to handle that role because yeah he's they're going they're going to need him and if he can be that guy if he can handle it and and handle it with flying colors it's probably not going to be as many rumors there's not going to be all the as as much talk because you're ultimately going to believe in the guy you invested in. And did they ask too much for him? Yeah, maybe, but he also got both of those guys got up. They wanted, they got, you know, Bam got a max extension. Tyler got uh, a very, very healthy extension. You know, they, they have the backing of the organization. Tyler got what he wanted with starting this year, even though it wasn't necessarily the cleanest fit for the team. And honestly, seems like now it's Kyle going into that kind of, uh, that, that reverse uh, reserve man role. And, you know, has kind of made the team fit a little bit better, or a little bit more seamlessly on offense. But um, maybe they have asked too much. But you know, that's what they wanted. I mean, they want they want to be looked upon as stars in this league. They want to be looked upon as those dudes who can help Jimmy. When J- Joel Embiid is tweeting at the uh, in the playoffs last year, Jimmy needs another star. I, if I was those guys, I'd take that hella personal because that dude's never even been in the conference finals. Like, what are you what are you trying to say about us? But you know, I think that uh, they I think Tyler probably has a little bit more to prove, but, you know, certainly, uh, you know, certainly Bam had uh, had some inconsistencies as well. 
Yeah, you you bring up a good point about Tyler because I certainly think this is a make-or-break playoffs for him. Seems weird to say about a 23, 24-year-old, but just because of how much he struggled over the last two, that's what I'm looking forward most to seeing in this playoff run. But to be honest, with this Heat team, I, I don't know. George, you want to know what I think of this Heat team? What do you think, Ed? Tell me. Harry, Tell me. you want to know what I think of this Heat team? I'm intrigued now, yes. Brendan, not to steal your, sti- your stick, but you want to know what I think of this Heat team? I do. I do want to know what you think of this Heat team. I think that they are cooked. Let me wow. tell you why. Let me, let me tell you why. This rendition of the team I think is cooked. When I watch them, I get very similar vibes to the 2014 team that almost looked like they were tired of each other and needed a little something to switch it up or maybe a big something because this team has had too many wake-up calls where you say, okay, they got their ass kicked by the Pistons. They're going to come out the next game and dominate. And then they come out the next game and they look flat again. So I'm not saying that you need to trade Jimmy or Bam and do a whole full rebuild like that. But I think just to switch it up for the purpose of maybe switching it up and getting some fresh bodies in there, I think they need to do something drastic in the offseason because this team has some talented players, although they have obviously a lot of holes, like as far as the true power forward uh, and the shooting has fell off. I think they might just need a change in personnel. I mean, it's possible. Then again, they could go and they could probably surprise us in the playoffs. And if they get the right matchup and embarrass the Sixers, you know, maybe we don't feel the same way. I don't know. Um, I think that it's going to, you know, what we're going to feel like if if they went about this year and their theory was, let's not go pedal to the metal. It really wasn't worth it last year. We lost three home games in that series anyway. And, you know, let's just go about this laissez-faire and it pays off because everybody's healthier and, and they attack it better that way. Cause you know, as amazing as it was with them getting that way last year, man, they were banged up. I mean, Kyle hurt, PJ hurt, Tyler hurt. So if they do have a healthier squad, yeah, maybe in theory they can be more dangerous, but it's a big, maybe because it does feel like a deeper East. It does feel like a, a more dangerous conference, which is why I think running it back was so dangerous because you saw Boston improve a little bit with their personnel. You're seeing Milwaukee add. They got, I mean, dude, we all thought, I, I think at least, at the least, we all thought, hey, at least Jay Crowder's coming back, right? And the, the Bucks are sitting here like, nope, we're taking them. Like, what? That was supposed to be the safety net. That was... You know, he was supposed to be like our safety prom date. Like, you had to take your cousin. I thought we for sure we were going to get Jay Crowder, and the Bucks took him? That's ridiculous. So, yeah, they, I mean, I'm with you. If this is a – if they get curb stomped, and even if they win the first round, but it's an embarrassing second-round exit, yeah, they got to they gotta look at this core. They got to look at those three guys and, and Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler, and they got to determine, what are we going to do here? If I had to guess – probably trade Tyler if I had to guess, but I don't know. I mean, well, maybe, maybe something, maybe something crazy does throw up and Jimmy demands. I don't like playing with Bam anymore. Not saying that's a thing or anything, but I'm just saying like, and he says, you know, go get me Jalen Brown. I don't know, but I think all that stuff is, you know, I think the, po- the, the postseason can make uh make or break a lot of that stuff. Hey, you, you reading the tea leaves, man. I like it. I like it. And uh, part of me saying what I say is my opinion uh, is really just trying to prepare myself for worst case scenario. 
because if this turns into 2021 was rough uh, coming after the finals when they get a swept, uh, that that was <laughs> that was rough. Uh, OK, I think that's it for the heat stuff then. So I want to jump into a little segment real quick. Now, uh, you know, I've listened to you for a long time, like I said, and there were so many questions I wanted to ask you. I couldn't exactly decide which ones to ask. So I came up with a new segment that I'm going to introduce right now. First puzzle. Brendan Tobin. Wheel of questions. That's it. You got it. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the wheel here. Uh, my computer's lagging a little bit. I apologize with the four people in here. And we are going to go ahead and spin the wheel and see what we get to ask you, Tobin. All kind of interesting questions on here. Uh, some sports related, some just some of your favorite show moments. So we're going to go ahead and give the wheel a spin. If it didn't already. Okay, looks like there we go. And we are going to land on, by the way, there will probably be a video version of this for people listening on the audio side. We got some fun graphics, so make sure y'all check out the video version on the basement. This is the network. longest spin of all time. It was shorter in my test run. Your favorite heat moment, Brendan, I understand that's a little bit putting you on the spot there. But what comes to mind when I ask you your favorite Miami Heat memory of all time? Man, uh, it's hard to top. Excuse me, was it's hard to top. This is my house. I was in the building for that one. Uh, I was actually covering it for 790, which was cool. I got to, I think it was like filling in for Josh Freeman that day. And that was like back in the day before we were in video. I was just going in there with an old audio recorder. And uh, I got to see, uh, I like that locker room, by the way. I mean, it's so silly with D Wade and, Be and uh, Beasley and all the crew there. Oh, it was fun. But uh, that's, that's in person is my, is my favorite heat memory. Uh, championships are cool for sure. I mean, like those are all the easy ones, but being in the building for this is my house is really, really cool. Um, you know, D Wade's tied to so many of them. That dude is, uh, that dude is awesome. And, you know, even to his Warriors game winner in his final season, that one meant a lot to me too, because my grandfather actually died that day. Uh, he, he, and so like, I was like in a really bad place, uh, you know, emotional, uh, you know, my mom and my aunt, you know, they were those, you know, that was his, his last minute kids, but, uh, you know, he, he, he's actually the one who got me to be a heat fan because my family is, uh, is from New York. He's from New York, but he came down here. He had a business for decades in Deerfield beach. And so he wiped all the New York teams from loyalty and he ended up getting season tickets to the Marlins season tickets to the dolphins. And he would take me to, uh, to heat games, uh, to, to Miami arena. And, that is the guy who got me to all of my South Florida loyalties. And uh, that one just meant that was like that. That one's always going to stick with me. It's just D Wade's final season, the Warriors game winner. It's uh, it's uh, it was I still can't believe Dion passed it up. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I can't imagine, first of all, what it's like being in the in the arena for the this is my house game for Chicago. That atmosphere must have just been one of a kind, really. Uh, and it's funny you brought up the Warriors shot, too. I remember exactly where I was during that shot. Also, I was in the parking lot of a tacos and tequila restaurant because that was the year the heat were struggling a lot. Uh, so I said, okay, my friends want to go out. I can miss a game. I'm not going to miss much. And thank God I checked the score with about 30 seconds to go. Cause I was able to pull up the Bally app or I guess, uh, Fox sun sports at the time. Uh, and I was able to watch that 30 seconds in the car in the parking lot started screaming. And there was a few people walking by looking at me thinking that, I was dying or something, but no, I was just celebrating. Uh, and that's a really cool moment, especially uh, 
obviously with everything else you had going on, I can imagine that would be really special. But Harry, what do you got, man, for the silly sauce sprinkler? All right. Well, uh, I had I had one question, but Brendan made me think of another one with the with the last thing and talking about the Bucks stealing our prom dates. Um, Brendan, when do we bring in Goran Dragic back to the Heat? Uh, I'm telling you, anytime anytime I have a bad day, I think about Goran's ad for the Austin Burke, and I just immediately feel better. Yeah. I mean that that guy is just uh, he was first of all he's a great great player, great teammate. Um, I don't know, even, even when he was on some of the bad teams, cause obviously he was here when Bosch went through some of his illness and injury stuff. Like, I don't know. We got to bring that guy back. So if, uh, if, you know, if you dance on the way out, I think they just need to bring Goron back for just to have him. And obviously he can start doing some of his own whale or orca hunting. Uh, is there a guy for you like besides Wade, just like a favorite guy that you've had, um, on the heat that you just want back on this team or, or even just a memory of a guy that, um, cause there's a lot, there's been a lot of interesting heat players that came through here. I mean, I love Birdman for the time he was here. Do you have anyone like that that you think of like, man, I miss that guy or I miss watching that guy play basketball. Oh, Gogi's the dude. I mean, Gogi for sure is like, he's such a sweetheart. And yeah, I think first of all, like if we're going to read like building in relationships and you're seeing sad Luca already, like how you're not building in the inroads of the Slovenian pipeline. Like you have to, I, I think it's a no brainer. I would have had him here last year. I would have had him here. I, I you know, I didn't really want to trade Kyle Lowry for him. I gotta be honest with you. Um, I love Gogi. I would love him back. I am also sad. He's on the bucks. Uh, I'm sad. That they're basically, you know, they're, they're just like, Hey, you know, we're taking Jay Crowder. We're taking Goron. So you guys, it just, it feels like, Gor- it feels like Giannis is like mocking us a little bit. I don't like that. But yeah, Goron, he is, you want to talk about like the guy who's the the secret sauce to that locker room in the finals. Like, dude, everybody loves Goron. He was like directionally between like everybody. He was like, you know, zinging it with Jimmy. Bam, same way. I think actually Tyler's in that old locker now. He's in Goron's old locker now, but he's just, he's, he's a delight. And and to to have him around, I just think would be so obvious, especially, you know, I think the Heat are going to need like that that veteran guy who's kind of been through it. It's a little different than Udonis because you know they spent a lot on Goron. Uh, Goron came here as supposed to be like this final piece for their championship run, and never really got to be that. Ironically, up until Jimmy got here, when he was going to get traded to Dallas, and like they, you know, Mark Mark Cuban pulled shenanigans on them. So I would love nothing more than for Goran Dragic to be back on the heat. He's a cool dude. Uh, we did a bit this year where I dressed up like a dragon to welcome him back because I actually thought he was going to be. So my co-host, Leroy Horde, and I had a bet. If he was on the heat, Leroy had to be a dragon. If he wasn't, I had to be a dragon. And so we tagged Goran in it. And I get this DM as I'm walking because I have to get out of the dragon suit to go cover opening day. And I get a DM from Goran Dragic that was just like, love it. <laughs> and like, and so, and he like started following me on Instagram. It blew my mind. It was like, this, this is amazing. And uh, he was, uh, so he's warming up and he's like, hey, buddy, where do you get close to him like that? I was just like, Amazon, dude, you get whatever you want there. So he's, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it would be a no brainer for me to bring Goran back. I've been only, hoping this happens since he left. And 
I mean, when he comes back, dude, he handshakes, he hugs everybody. The man spent free time not on a basketball team watching Heat basketball last year in the stands with Tyler Johnson. Like, he he wants to be back so bad. Why it hasn't happened, I don't know, but I really want it to happen. Bring Gogi home. Yeah, I will say, out of all the bets that backfired on Leroy, that is by far the funniest. Because now it was supposed to be embarrassing for you, and now you homeboys with Gogi. That was the funniest thing. Also, I noticed how uh, when you were mentioning uh, Heat players that Giannis stole, you did not mention Myers Leonard. I will just leave it at that. George, what do you got? Why would you leave my segment off to that start? And I don't know why would you do that to me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy that that Brendan brought up NBL legend Tyler Johnson because he was the epitome of of you know just just a fun player to watch. I miss I miss having those fun players to watch. Like uh, like Tyler Johnson before he got the contract because Brooklyn decided to be uh, douchebags, but that's completely fine. Uh, that's just a whole other story. Uh, I got a couple of questions from our our fearless leader LJ, who couldn't be here today to uh, to he uh, succumbed to technical issues. So he he's given me a question to ask you: Is Bucky the Parrot a top ten college mascot? I would say yes, simply because my best friend has been Bucky the Parrot and he mooned the entire Barry University uh, <laughs> cafeteria at the time. So, yes, I would say Bucky the Parrot is a, is a top 10 mascot all time. It's, it's disappointing that the rest of the birds down here, the bird mascots have gone into bigger things like the final four. But one day Bucky will have his time. Now, I thought it's, it's just nice to have some clarification because he's, he's, he's brought this Bucky the Parrot up for, for weeks now and from Australia, it's very hard to figure out what in the what in the hell people are talking about half the time. With especially with mascots, we don't really have mascots down here. We don't really do the whole mascot game. So I feel like Australia would love mascots. That surprises me. We've got some in the AFL, and they're just they're terrible. My one's a mosquito. That's that's my team who has a mosquito as a as a mascot, and it, it sucks. It's a horrible mascot. They have to up their game. I actually lost a I lost a bet to an Australian member of Parliament over Goran Dragic as well. Who? Tim Watts, he, uh, okay. So he was, he had this viral video that made the NBA Twitter stream because he was outraged. Ben Simmons at the time before he sucked, uh, he didn't make the all-star team and Gore, like a lot of people dropping out. And I guess the way it worked was like via commissioner's list. So Goron ended up getting like the last nod. And so he gets on the floor of parliament and he says, who the hell would want to see Goran Dragic over Ben Simmons. And I was like, I was outraged by this. I said, who is wasting precious government time to campaign for Ben Simmons to be in the all-star game over Gogi? And so they ended up playing the Heat. The Heat and the uh, the Sixers ended up playing that year in the playoffs. And so I, I sent him a Twitter message. I said, hey, Tim Watts. I said, here's the bet. I said, Heat, Sixers. For the honor of Goran Dragic, if we win, you have to wear a Goran Dragic jersey on the floor of Australian Parliament. If 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 you win, I got to dress up like a kangaroo and jump in front of American Airlines Arena. Now, unfortunately for me, I ended up losing that bet. And I did have to jump in front of American Airlines Arena in a kangaroo suit. Yes, we had one of those mascot costumes because radio. Um, and I had to put like a Ben Simmons jersey over it. The video is still on Twitter somewhere. But uh, he ended up winning that bet that he got gentlemen swept. But Goran Dragic did slap Ben Simmons upside the head. 
anything that can that can bring the NBA and Australian culture together is makes me happy because my entire life has been an ever-ending struggle to uh, not only stream and watch NBA games over here because until this year, it was costing us five hundred Australian dollars, which is just over four hundred USD, or just around four hundred USD. Sorry, uh, just to watch take games in general. Wow. So it's it's. It's always nice to see when they they can try and bring something closer. Now it's they, they they cut the price in half completely. So that's good job from Australian League Pass. Well done. Uh, but I'm I'm glad you mentioned radio as well because LJ had a, another really good question. He goes, "You've been doing radio for a long time. What attracted you to radio? And you know, why is it something that's been you know aspirational to you?" Um, it's it. Well, the reason I got into radio was i i did i knew when i wasn't good at sports i was like i kind of want to do something in sports but i didn't know what to get into so i was kind of into like tv production when i was in high school um and so i was like yeah maybe i'll get into editing or something like that but i did have an uncle who was a morning drive uh radio host in upstate new york so my father my parents are separated so i would spend summers and some summers up in upstate new york and I ended up uh, asking my uncle, like, if I could, I just hang around while he was doing that. And he like, he said, yeah, absolutely. So I went to his radio station, which was nine Fox sports, nine eighty in Albany. And I was just like, and my uncle was not really a sports radio talk show host by trade. He was actually a stand-up comedian. Um, but he did the show with Freddie Coleman who now to, he, he's done nights on ESPN for 20 plus years or maybe not, I guess. Yeah. Maybe like, what are we talking? 18. Yeah. It was before I went to college. So yeah, 17 years, something like that. Um, that Freddie's been doing ESPN, but before that, his radio gig before that was doing the show with my uncle and I just loved it. They went to work every day and they laughed. I thought this was the greatest thing ever. Who wouldn't want to, uh, who wouldn't want to do this? And so uh, I ended up going to uh, Barry University and you could like immediately go in there. They had a radio station. So I got to like my first show was just shooting the bleep with my friends. This wasn't on uh, and it was actually shown. It was shown because uh, I think we pirated the uh, the highway traffic control the uh, signal, which was 1640 a.m. But the most people that saw you was actually in the closed circuit. It was just one camera that pointed down into the room. And people could watch you from their dorm rooms. And so I would just shoot the bleep on that with my friends and uh, ended up interning in 790 my uh, my my senior year. And uh, that's kind of how I got into it. You mentioned that uh, when you realized you weren't good at sports, what, what were you playing at the time that made you, made you realize you don't have a career like professionally? Oh, I knew in high school I wasn't going to be professional. Uh, I played baseball. That was my favorite sport. Um the thing that pissed me off, though, like I didn't make my high school team my first couple of years, and I knew I was better than a lot of those guys. I pissed off the coach. I did end up making it uh, my senior year, but uh, I would play with these guys in Deerfield Beach because I played in Deerfield. Uh, I played with these guys in Deerfield Beach, and these guys were so much better than anybody who played in the high school division that I was in. So that always annoyed me, but I knew I wasn't like good enough to play in college or anything like that. I just loved baseball. Baseball was my first sports love. Baseball, the Marlins, I was as hardcore Marlins as I got. Um, I was like, I was a degenerate Marlins fan, you know, and now it's just, just doesn't have, I still love, love the Marlins, but 
it's it's very hard to love a team that just you know is done by May every year. Hopefully this year's different. Yeah, uh, maybe if they permanently bring the throwbacks, I'll be a, a bigger fan as well. Uh, and I get what you were saying about the high school team because uh, when I told you I was training to make the high school basketball team, I did not make it. And what frustrated me is I played with those dudes and pick up outside school all the time and I would bust their ass. But the problem is when you got all these people trying out, the coach just picks who's on the team based off who's fastest on the track and lifts the most in the weight room. That wasn't me. But as far as who knew how to play the game at a high level, that's what I could do. Uh, so I felt like I was overlooked a lot. So I get where you're coming from, man. I get where you come from. Not that I was ever going to go pro either. but No, it was. But yeah, once I do, but I like sports and just kind of fell into sports radio and uh, 790. I, I think like a lot of us, we probably gravitated towards 790 when we were uh, instead of 560. Um you know, it was funny enough. Like I said, it was a degenerate Marlins fan. I was like, oh, who's uh, Craig Minervini show on before I kind of got into, you know, Levitard. I knew Sid because Sid was on WFAN and my, my I used to listen to like Mike and the Mad Dog with my father on the on the uh, in upstate New York. It would get up there. But um, I wasn't like, you know, that's that's kind of what got me into the whole dive. And it was weird. You know, my first uh, interning gig was interning with Sid, which was wild. I mean, Sid Sid was a, a crazy person to work for. Yeah, I remember uh, those days because when I started listening to, you know, Hawkman and Zaz, and like I said, in all the uh, iterations of that show, I asked my dad, who's a big sports fan too, I said, oh, you ever listen to Tobin or Zaz? He's like, no, I listen to Joe Rose because I like sports. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you used to always tell me. Uh, but obviously, he, he would listen to you guys too. But, I mean, you get the dynamic, but that's why – uh, it worked so well for a long time because you really had two different audiences and the market was big enough in both those areas. So, but that's why I always gravitated towards you. Uh, Harry, did you have uh, how many more questions you got here? Cause we do got one final game. Yeah. Uh, well, one, one question we wanted to ask, and we, this now happened after we had the pod with uh, Izzy Gutierrez. Uh, we now are going to ask our guests, who is the most famous person that you've ever peed next to? Because, because he brought that up. And so we think that's a good, we want to ask all our guests that. So, most famous person that you can recall that you've ever peed next to at a urinal or in the bathroom, what do you got for us? Oof. Uh, I would say the weirdest interaction I had was actually at the 790 building. And I didn't pee next to him, but I was about to go pee. And who is, like, walking out of the bathroom but Carlos Boozer? And I was like, why is Carlos Boozer in our building? Just walk. I don't know what he was there for. I'll never really understand why. I mean, I know he lived down here, but I don't know if he was recording something or what. But uh, yeah, it was about to. I don't have a, a, a urinary one right next to him, but I remember finding that very weird. I was like, why? Why is Carlos Boozer here? What, what, is, uh, what, is, what is happening here? So. And was this the day that he had shoe polish on his head or just like a normal just uh, normal, normal hair day? Normal bald, but he had the uh he did have the strong goatee. He did have the strong goatee. <laughs> okay. Um all right, and my other question was I'm always uh I don't listen to the radio as much anymore cuz I I'm doing the work from home thing, so I'm not I don't have the long commute anymore, but mm -hmm. uh I'm curious how you come up with some of your uh some of your songs because they're always very very funny. Um, like, do you get an idea and you have a journal near your bed or near you and you're just like writing stuff down, down as it comes to you? Or is it more just like, it's a natural thing and it, it happens and you just start like the ideas start flowing from there. 
Yeah, a lot of them are just kind of like I'll be walking through Publix and I'll just like hear a song that they got going on and it'll be just like, oh. I remember like <laughs> I did one for Precious Achua and like, hey, there, Delilah's on. And I was just like, oh, Precious Achua. <laughs> and like, as soon as I have like one thing, I won't let it go. And some of them just don't work. I don't know. Like, I, I, I try. Um, or some I just don't think I can pull off, but that's usually just how it goes. Is I'll just be like, I'll hear some song randomly, and you know I do drive a lot because I drive from uh, from Lake Worth to Miami every day. So yeah, I'm like hearing songs. I'm like, oh, it's a song right there. I'm definitely I'm definitely throwing that. Uh, I'm definitely throwing that into the mix somewhere, some way. Um, some I collabed. I did a lot with my guy Slim uh, on uh, and and we. I, I thought my I thought we 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 were like just we were like parody Beatles like we just work together like it just we we would vibe on lyrics and he's a he's a master producer um I, my favorite song I think that we've done together is the Tyler Hero uh to uh to uh Enrique Iglesias that's I think my favorite one that I've done but uh but we and we did that just I was done with the morning show I was gonna go down to the arena stop by his house and uh and we laid that down and I released it that day and that one was like, uh, you know, usually the writing of it doesn't take too long. It's it's usually trying to get the production of it down. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Slim Man. Those were those were the good old days. I, I miss talking to Slim anytime I'd call in. I was the occasional caller back there for different segments. Uh, Slim was awesome, and certainly the music that y'all did together was legendary. That's a great transition into our last segment here, which is our our final game. Uh, because we are avid listeners and I wanted to test your knowledge, because like you said, you've been doing radio for a long time. We put together a quiz for you uh, with certain show references and stuff along that line. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and see if uh, you can ace this quiz. Some are more, uh, you know, lesser known than others, but we'll see how you do. Is it coming through good on your side? Yes, it looks like it is. Okay, first question. Finish the sentence. No matter the weather, A, rock on. B, rock out with your shark out. C, carry on. Or D, storm on. Tobin? Look, that is, how could I forget the farmer's creed? No matter the weather, storm on. I had to put that as the first question because maybe I could be the person to convince you to bring it back, even though I know you're pretty well documented that you said you would never. It's, uh, it's my program director's fault because, you know, he comes in here. And I and I I do genuinely love my uh, PD Gullen because he has supported me a lot in my career. But when he first got the job, he was like from ESPN Radio, and he's like he's just like I don't get it. What is Farmer's Fury? I don't I don't understand because I had this sh MMA show Fighters Fury, but we used to do this thing where I would take calls on Farm Life Group on a horse farm, and uh, he uh, he's like I don't, I don't get it, and so you know. He doesn't get it. We'll never get it. Sorry. Those were the good days, man. There was uh, Farmer's Fury and then Just the Tips with Joy. Back-to-back -back, uh, days there. It was good times, man. Question number two. Which of the following is the proper spelling? Is it A, enjoy, B, enjoy, C, enjoy, or D, enjoy? Everybody knows it's A, of course. It's it's E-N-G-O-Y. God, I hate those contests. That's my least favorite contest. Yeah. When they make <laughs> you us... got it wrong again. 
I was going to put A, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance to redeem yourself, and you decided to go with the G. <laughs> they, they, I hate those $1,000 words where you're like, spell the word. I'm like, oh, all right. See if Listen, I, that's, I don't mess that's up this not time. As, that's not as big a blunder as the two wives thing, man. That I <laughs> died laughing. I remember where I was at, too. I was actually in the bathroom at work because I was listening to the podcast, and I caught it immediately. That was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> Can't believe they didn't want to stay on as a sponsor. Right? <laughs> Question number three. The Miami Heat did what by not acquiring Jimmy Butler in 2018? Is it A, got lucky, B, dodged a bullet, C, made a mistake, or D, may have dodged a bullet? Okay. It's D. They may have dodged a bullet. But I didn't know at the time when they had, that report came out, I was like, yeah, I didn't know that Brett Brown was such a boob. I mean, who would who would have been following what he was doing over there? He didn't even know how to say Jimmy Butler's name. The guy's an idiot. So when I knew that Jimmy Butler was when I we found out Jimmy Butler was yelling at him in the uh, in the midst of the Sixers season, I didn't know that Brett Brown deserved it. Out of all the times where uh, the, the very rare occasions where uh, I agree with Leroy, this is not one of them. I also specifically remember you saying may have dodged a bullet. So I'm on your side there. I appreciate that. Question number four. If me and you were to agree on something, what does that make us? A, harmonious. B, samesies. C, congruent. Or D, like-minded. I mean, like, while a lot of those options all seem to work, you know, I mean, if you're one of those people with a great vocabulary, I'm not one of them. Uh, so I'd just say we're samesies, dude. <laughs> Of course, that that's correct, and there's nothing funnier than Leroy screaming, we're not saying these, dude. Stop saying that. Uh, it's Isn't it interesting, a- though, that, like, he agrees with me more than he cares to admit? Like, I find that – I find it adorable from him. Like, he loves to mm-hmm. disagree with me no matter what, and yet seems like he does agree with me, and we are saying these. That's, that's exactly what I'm hearing, man. You two, two peas in a pod, man. Let me tell you. Question number five. You know who the best defensive NFL player is? I'll tell you. It's A, Rod Woodson, B, Ronnie Lott, C, Reggie White, or D, Lawrence Taylor. Bro, this is so deep. Tremendous. We would do these shows at the Hard Rock, and we would always do the poker room. This dude who had a Giants windbreaker on, headphones, the old school headphones, like little ones that went over your head. And he's like, what do you guys do? Sports radio. He goes, you know who the greatest NFL player of all time is. <laughs> and we'd be like, I don't know, J- Jerry Rice? No, he's good. He's good. Walter Payton? Close. He'd be like, I, I don't know, man. Who? Who? Lawrence Taylor. And this guy, we did that show every Friday at the poker room. He's hitting us twice a month with that same trivia question. Like, it was, it was insane. Like, he never remembered. It was like, for the first time ever, he revealed to us Lawrence Taylor, greatest NFL player of all time. Yeah, I was uh, I was certainly trying to reach deep into my my Tobin and Leroy bag, and I thought that's that, that's so very glad. deep. That's very deep, man. I'm glad you uh, you caught on. You caught on. I, there's a couple on this level, so we'll, we'll see if you get uh, the rest correct. And, of course, the answer is D, Lawrence Taylor. Question number six. Finish the lyrics. I'll rush for 200 yards and I'll rush for 200 more on a way to a 2,000 yard season. And A, put my chin strap on and go to war. 
B, save your Sundays from being a bore. C, eat my bangers and mash and then take yours. Or D, breaking through the, breaking uh, down the jets and busting down doors. What do you got? Uh, save your seasons from being a bore. <laughs> that might be my favorite parody. That one's up there. Obviously, the, the funky Fake music dunk one is up there. The uh yeah, but the, the Jay Ajayi character is even though they talk nothing like that, and you pissed off that one uh rock band, I forget who they were. The I still love the, the struts. I still love the character, man. I appreciate it. Question number that. seven. When punt returning, the returner should A read the toes, B feel the wind, C focus on the ball, or D find the gap. Always when returning punts, you read the toes. A you I read will the toes, say, dude. One of my, of course, that is the correct answer. One of the favorite, my favorite all time moments is when you got on Eric Metcalf and he agreed with you. That was the funniest shit because Leroy, did, Leroy was so ready to celebrate. He was so ready. And, and the, the fact that uh, Eric was on your side was his, his friend betrayed him. That that's exactly that's what made it so funny, bro. Question number eight Who's the best Spider Man? Is it A, Tobey Maguire, B, Tom Holland, or C, Anyone except Andrew Garfield. Definitely see anybody but Andrew Garfield. Very sensitive about Spider-Man questions. Was a real dick to Amber. Uh, I, I don't understand what that guy's deal was. I mean, like, look, I get it. You're you're a real thespian. But, like, you know, people want Spider-Man questions, you know. And he was just like, oh, it's about Spider-Man. Like, All right, dude. Hit the bricks. I didn't know. But, I'll honestly, part of it wasn't awful. I'm not a big... Uh, I like comic book movies, but I'm not in the, the 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 whatever. I'm not like reading the updates on it. I didn't know that he had gotten fired as Spider-Man. I thought that like they just moved on to a new Spider-Man. Like it's just like they did with Batman. I didn't know that he had uh, been unceremoniously dismissed. I don't care if he was fired, had an argument with the director. That's all people want to hear about from him. She was 100% in the right. And ever since I heard that story, I couldn't watch him the same, man. Even the Me No Way Home movie, the, right? The whole time I watched that movie and Garfield was on the screen, I just couldn't stop but thinking, but how big an asshole he is, you know? <laughs> of course, the answer is C. Let's go ahead and move on to question number nine. What should a grown man never wear? A nightgown, socks and sandals, a Snuggie, or tight bicycle shorts? Man. This one may get me. I'm going to go with a Snuggie. Because I don't even know what a Snuggie is. But is it those blankets with the holes in it for your arms? Oh, that seems like something we told. Yeah, I think Bees used to wear that. I feel like he shouldn't wear a Snuggie. I'm going to go with Snuggie. See? Well, that's actually not the answer. The answer is D. And maybe if you think about it for a second, you'll realize why I put that there. That is a throwback of all throwbacks. Trying to think. What is that reference to? It was a somewhat relative of yours. Oh, dude. <laughs> stepfather. Ex-stepfather. <laughs> dude love wearing the bicycle pants. And I was just like, Jesus, dude. Every day leaving. I hate that guy. Yeah. And his, I don't and, know his and his kids. <laughs> Thank God that marriage didn't last. I'm sorry for bringing up the, the visual of that in your head, but I was trying to go. Oh, dude, don't worry. Listen, the, the worst has already happened. Trust me. But yeah, <laughs> that guy was the worst. 
Bicycle pants, my God. Uh, final question here to wrap things up. Who's the biggest tool of the week? Is it Stephen A. Smith, Brian Windhorse, Skip Bayless? Hi, Brendan. Or is it Heath Bell? Uh, numero uno for me is Heath Bell. Top bum. Ruined the Marlins' new stadium. A real jerk. Um, you know, Marlins has really never been the same since. You know, so I blame him. All other ones, good options. But, uh, but he's numero uno for me. Of course, Heath Bell is the right answer. As you believe, I got eight out of ten correct. It's a B. Not, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, and of course, I remember the uh, momentous occasion, the first week where you did not pick uh, Heath Bell to be the tool, tool of the week. It was, a, it was a big deal for me back then. It was something that I that would have been a good question. I don't even remember who that was. Who did I pick? Oh, I, I don't know, man. I probably, no probably way in Chen. Yeah. Yes. Yes, the, the pitcher who stole all that money. That probably was it. Uh, yeah, those were good times, man. I called you know, Windhorse was supposed to sit next to me in the finals or the Eastern Conference finals. But interestingly enough, didn't show up to his seat. Well, yeah, why I is remember. that? Why is that? I remember Everybody else sat in their assigned seats. Mm-hmm. Where was Windhorst? He's scared. That's what he is, man. He's scared of the Punisher. I'm sure somebody called you that once over these years, man. <laughs> I know y'all used to print out those banners of the the tool of the week. You did that for like a couple months or something way back then. A like, sponsor did that. Them. That was a cool thing. They used to have, yeah. they used to give us a banner every year, Florida Lumber. Yeah, and I th- I think it was after that that he might have realized to <laughs> he doesn't want, he he's not part of the silly sauce, man. What can I say? Uh, well, I think that's all I got. So I want to first off by uh thanking uh George who popped out here for a second. Harry, thank you for coming on, and of course, thank you, Brendan. Uh, do you have any final words, anything you want to say or sponsor before we wrap this thing up? No. I mean, if you guys want to find it, anybody wants uh, my heat content, you guys can uh, check out the uh, Tobin and Leroy show. We stream live every weekday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're now on YouTube streaming live every day there. So check us on out. It's uh, at Miami 560 WQAM, I think is the at. Um, so go subscribe over there. You get a notification every time we go live. There's clips up there too. So if you don't want to watch the whole three hours, I don't blame you, but there's like, there'll be like a best of heat video every day or a best of dolphins every day, whatever. Uh, and then you guys can also follow my other YouTube page, uh, Tobin show, which is just kind of my meanderings of, I usually come on after every game for like 10 minutes and just, you know, either be happy or sad. I don't know. We'll see. You know, it depends this, this team. It's usually one happy, one sad, one happy, one sad. That's usually how it's gone all year. Well, considering you went this entire show without publicly giving out your phone number, I'll say this I is appreciate success. That, I'll say this is success. So that being said, I'm going to play the intro and get out of here. Thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace out. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh, my. That was the Random Scrub Heat Podcast.